0: Good morning, church. Today's first lesson comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, and we'll continue on with verses 6 through 7. It's found on page 600 of your Pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Scripture is full of stories of God's promises, which are always fulfilled, but in God's time. And from God's promise to Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament, all the way to God's promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth in the New Testament, God has always fulfilled his word, even when it seems that the time for hope has passed. Hear now the words of the prophet Isaiah and God's promise of a Savior who brings the world peace. Beginning with verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And on verse 6 through 7. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onward and forevermore, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Our second lesson comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, God of hope, make us attentive to your presence on this day and at all times. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't think I'm alone in feeling like we are living through dark times. I won't rehearse the litany of problems the world is facing because I'm sure that you are all too aware, both because you see them in the news every day and because these troubles have in some way or another affected your life personally. And of course, while the world is facing massive global problems, we continue to face smaller scale problems that do not, that, that do not feel small-scale to us at all. Stress at work, problems in a relationship, financial difficulties, So-called small-scale problems can feel massively overwhelming at times. To speak from my personal experience, I recently found myself sick with a bad cold a mere 24 hours after recovering from a stomach bug. Awaiting the results of my COVID test, which thankfully eventually came back negative, I was stuck alone in my apartment, growing worried about falling behind in my work at the beginning of the busiest season of the year, and growing self-pitying about being isolated with only my cat for company. To make myself feel better, I started scrolling through Twitter, which confirmed my downhearted belief that everything in the world was horrible. I'm glad to be well and out in the world again, but for a while, things were feeling pretty gloomy. In the midst of these times of darkness, our eyes and ears are assaulted by the incessant cheeriness of commercial Christmas. I know that I saw my first Christmas decorations going up at Target when I was out buying Halloween candy for Trunk or Treat. (laughs) The commercial culture around us tells us that if we don't feel in the Christmas spirit this year, we should buy more expensive presents, put up more shiny decorations, Eat more indulgent food. Surely these things will brighten up the darkness. Yet like junk food that leaves us feeling ever more hungry, this version of the Christmas season seems to make the darkness even more stark at times. This is why I have learned to appreciate the church calendar. Unlike the commercial world, the church does not gorge itself on full-blown Christmas for weeks on end. Christmas is given its day, to be sure, but the season that leads up to Christmas is something different in the church calendar. Advent. Advent is a season of waiting, of prayerful anticipation of the celebration of Christ's birth. The beginning of the season was beautifully symbolized this morning by the lighting of the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. Hope if there is something that cannot be captured by the shiny distractions of our crass commercial culture, it is hope. Hope is like that candle, a small light shining in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. This hope is not mere optimism. Optimism is very difficult to maintain in the darkness. Optimism can even be quite thoughtless in the context of real darkness. Platitudes like, I'm sure things will get better, or look on the bright side, can be more cruel than comforting to those facing something like a tragic death or a chronic illness. One of my favorite Christian teachers, Henry Nouwen, wrote that optimism and hope are radically different attitudes. Optimism is the expectation that things will get better, Hope is the trust that God will fulfill God's promises to us in a way that leads us to true freedom. The optimist speaks about concrete changes in the future. The person of hope lives in the moment with the knowledge and trust that all of life is in good hands. This is not to say that hope leads us to inaction. On the contrary, many people of hope have dedicated their lives to being a part of creating positive change in the world. But it is the presence of true hope in their lives, not a fragile optimism, that gives them the strength to persist in a world of darkness. Our reading from the Gospel of John this morning is one of my favorite passages of scripture. Unlike Matthew and Luke, John does not tell the traditional birth story, the stuff of all our nativity scenes and Christmas carols. Instead, he introduces his gospel with a lyrical prologue full of theological depth. It emphasizes Christ's oneness with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It continues, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The darkness of sin and hate and empire and the brutal, humiliating cross did not overcome the light of Christ. And still today, the darkness of disease and conflict and unjust suffering, as overwhelming as it may feel, does not overcome the light of Christ. It is ever-present, the small candle flickering in the darkness. The image of that tiny, vulnerable baby lying in a manger could not be a more perfect symbol of this light. For as John writes, the word became flesh and lived among us. Perfect love came into the darkness of our world, not in the form of a conquering king, but in the form of a fragile child, born into the most humble of circumstances. This child grew into a man who taught us how to wake up and live into the reality that we, all of us, without exception, are infinitely loved by God. This love conquered sin and death and delivered us into a new salvation reality. This is indeed the true light that enlightens everyone. In order to be people of hope, our eyes must remain fixed on this light of Christ. Now that's all well and good for me to say while we are here, surrounded by a loving community and a beautiful church, taking a pause from the week to meditate on God's love. It becomes difficult to keep our eyes fixed on the light of Christ out there in the world, in the thick of the week, surrounded by worries and to-do lists. As we have all experienced, I'm sure, these distractions only get bigger during the holidays. Jesus is the reason for the season, so they say, and yet I find myself completely distracted from the light of Christ because I'm consumed by the stress and worry that can come with the busyness of the holidays. I'm convinced that in order to stay focused on the light of Christ, we must maintain some form of spiritual practice throughout the week. For you, this may be taking just a moment from your day for prayer or reading scripture. It may mean sitting in silent meditation. It may mean writing in a journal. It may mean listening to the wisdom of spiritual teachers, both inside and outside the Christian tradition. All that said... I know that I sometimes have difficulty keeping up with my own spiritual practice, and I'm a single person blessed with an abundance of peace and quiet in my home, plenty of time for myself after work. This is not the case for everyone, especially those who are blessed with young children. In those cases, you might have to get creative with how you integrate your spiritual practices into your daily life. That's why I like this practice, suggested by indigenous Choctaw elder and Episcopal Bishop Stephen Charleston. It is best practiced in the most busiest and noisiest of times. Charleston says, sometimes in this troubled world of ours, we forget that love is all around us. We imagine the worst of other people and withdraw into our own shells. But try this simple test. Stand still in any crowded place and watch the people around you. Within a very short time, you will begin to see love, and you will see it over and over and over. A young mother talking to her child, a couple laughing together as they walk by, an older man holding the door for a stranger. Small signs of love are everywhere. The more you look, the more you will see. Love is literally everywhere. We are surrounded by love. If we can take a moment like this to open our eyes to the reality of love, the presence of darkness fades and the light of Christ becomes brighter to our eyes. With the light of Christ in focus, we can hold on to hope even in the midst of great darkness. And as the Apostle Paul writes in Romans, hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And just as we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, we've also received the gift of being in community with one another, because none of us can do this life alone. So as we each face our own darkness this week, let us encourage each other in keeping our eyes fixed on the light of Christ. I can't tell you how encouraging it has been to me to receive emails or notes from the loving people in this community who've reached out just to let me know that they're thinking about me or praying for me. In the midst of all the busyness of the holidays, if you have a moment to send a text, make a phone call, share a kind word, these small gestures can make all the difference in your brother or sister's day. In the same way, if you find yourself running on empty and in need of encouragement, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. I know from experience that this community is full of loving people who consider it a blessing to be able to support one another. If you feel overwhelmed by the darkness of the world, please reach out. While no one person can solve all of our problems, God has put us in community with each other so that we can help bear one another's burdens. So let us all open our hearts to the love that surrounds us and actively be a part of showing this love to others. We will face darkness and stress and fatigue in this season, but with our eyes fixed on the light of Christ, we can be a people of hope. Amen.